Welcome to Conscious Communication, the podcast that can help you improve your company's culture and better your team's communication, helping you build more significant relationships. Now here's your host, Philip Bogolub. I have the privilege and honor of talking with David Greenberg, an easy name I can pronounce, not screw up. I have, the audience knows I screw up names all the time, even if I write them down phonetically. So David was a corporate executive for many years. We talked about this before the mic was turned on. We'll talk about it again. Turned entrepreneur. He is a multi-unit franchise owner and consultant. We're going to talk about that because I really don't know what that means. I have an idea, but he needs to clarify. He consciously communicates how we can move from the corporate world to your own boss world. That's the way I I view this. Like it. You know, that idea of, you know, when I, I was talking before the mic and, and the audience knows, you know, I used to work in the corporate world. It's so different being in your own business and so different to, you know, if there was a problem with somebody in a corporate office, I go up to David, I said, David, so-and-so's not doing his job. By the way, how's your family? That's great. You leave the room, you're done. When you're on your own, you're on your own. And you've got to surround yourself with positive people, but we'll go into that more. I want to thank you for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. Question. What was your serendipity, your accident, that coincidence? That's what the system, a lot of it's all about. It's about getting into the spiritual side of your mind, understanding what, what was that push that got, because you were in the corporate world for a long time. What was the thing kept, that, that's like guided you and said, okay, got it. I'm going to go this direction because I'm sure it wasn't comfortable. It was on your own. What was that thing that happened? Well, it was a, it was a liquidity event is uh, the simple answer. When we exited a company, I said, oh, the heck, what am I going to do? And the corporate world had fortunately brought us around the world and around the country to have many great positions with a wonderful company called Ford Motor Company. But at the end of the day, as we moved on from that beautiful company into an opportunity to have a liquidity event, with that, I said, I'm not going back to make money for someone else because that's what I've been doing all my life. I love the Fords. Hey, the Lions are winning. Let's go. Good year for them. (laughs) You know, but, um, you know, it's time to take care of Greenberg Inc. And um, when we made that conscious decision with my wife, that was the event. We said, okay, let's do it. So it was very clear to you. There was something inside you that said, well, this is great, but I'm working a lot of hours and I'm I'm, obviously you were enjoying what you were doing, but it got to the point. But what was that kind of that tipping point that's saying that I mean, that's a big move. You know, you, you've got secure. Well, you know about security is like, you know, you got your health care, you got your pension, you got whatever you've got there that's good for you, that makes you feel comfortable. You don't have to turn the lights on. You are the lights now. Yeah. You're not paying the bill. You are paying the bill. So what was that thing that, you know, did you have some trepidation or fear or was it very clear in your mind of what this entity that you're going to create looked like? You know, the fear was immense. I had a son in college and a daughter that was a junior in high school and soon that college bill was coming so you think of that and you're like okay what are you doing and uh, my wife and i made the conscious decision to make the leap and that leap was filled with fear but it's a total different fear and uh, when you think about you know you said the security of a w2 i'm going to pour water all over that Please. There's, nothing, there's nothing secure about a W-2 paycheck because everyone else is deciding whether or not you're going to get another one, not you. Whoa, that's really good. You, I'm going to ask you to say that one more time. 
If you think a W-2 is secure, well, everyone else is thinking about whether or not you get another paycheck, not you. It's just so perfect. It's so well said. Now, as an engineer, and I was there for over 25 years, I thought I was going to retire there. I had a pension. I was going to retire. It was wonderful. And then this thing happened and the company came in and blah, blah, blah. And whatever the story is, doesn't matter. But I was miserable and I loved my job. I never thought of it as a job. I was blessed. I had other jobs too, but this was my longest stint. And I just, I traveled the world. I was the support engineer. I was dealing with customers. I'm not the kind of engineer that sits behind a desk and does, you know, CAD drawings. I was, I, w- I was asked to do that. I'm like, right. eh, I got to talk. I got to be with people. I got to share energy. I got to troubleshoot. But right. that whole thing then came to a screeching halt. My wife's like, you know, I wasn't sleeping and that, that's not me. And she's like, you know what? The kids are, are growing. They're, they're out of the house. I, I did this about eight years ago. And, and I'm 61 now. So it's like, you know, do, do your dream now. It's not like, it, you know, you're getting any younger. And I didn't have all my equipment that you see in the back of me. I had my, a couple of guitars, this pianos, but I didn't have my drums anymore. And I, I mean, it's, it was a long time since I was doing the music full time. I did it just to enjoy it and recorded some stuff once in a while, but I didn't put much effort into it. She said, do it now. Because now, you know, because I always wanted to, you know, you don't want to say shoulda, coulda, maybe. You know, I always picture this thing where I'm laying on a bed and I'm about to die and I see the angels and the spirits all around me yelling at me going, we wanted you to do this. We gave you these signs. We told you this is how you can make a difference, how you can do things. You were doing great in the corporate world, but we're giving you these ideas, but you never used them. Now it's going to go. And I, it's going to die with you. And maybe we'll give it to someone else, but it was your purpose. So when you did, when you did this, because I did several years of, of, contracting to build up a small nest egg to buy equipment. And, you know, we had a plan. You obviously had a plan. You're not going to go, I think I'm going to have 12 mortgages on my home and, and take my, uh, my pension mm-hmm. and my savings and throw it in the garbage. So, you know, it, it's, it's good. And you said there was a lot of fear. So I, I don't know which question. I'll go with the fear one first. You said it was good fear. Describe what that means to the audience so they understand, because I understand it, but it's, it's difficult to communicate it. How do you just communicate that kind of fear? It's different. Well, you, you know, go back to your W-2 days. Okay. All right. You got your annual performance review. You're wondering if the next promotion was coming. You're working for your 3 to 5% cost of living or whatever annual raise was. And, and you know, it, you were only as good as your boss was, or that was always changing. So, you know, you lived in that constant circle of fear, whether it's conscious or not, that, you know, was difficult because it was always unpredictable and you had no control over it, all right? The fear when you're an entrepreneur is controllable. It's like Dale Carnegie. Remember way back when he said, what's Dale Carnegie's action, uh, answer to worry? Action, right? Okay, so my answer to fear is don't have fear that someone else controls and imposes on you. Put the fear in your hands. Because then you go do something about it. And it's not whether there's a committee. It's not whether there's someone else to make the decision. It's all you. So if you're cool with looking in the mirror and saying, that's the fear that I'm going to tackle, then it's fear that isn't bad. I wrote about this in, on a blog in the pandemic because you know people were struggling with things that weren't in their control. And I said, okay, you know, there's one word that sums everything up for us here, and the word is freedom. And how do you achieve that? And when you start thinking of how do I become free of that fear that controls me, then you start thinking about the goodness in fear because it will drive and motivate you. Yes. uh, Very well said and very well spoken because 
that outside fear, I'd rather have to deal with the insecurity or the inner fear than the outer fear. Because the outer fear is you're not going to succeed. You don't know what you're doing. Uh, it'll never, you're too old. Uh, it's too late. I mean, you know this. I mean, talking about Dale Carnegie and, and, and Think and Grow Rich and all these mm -hmm. other books, I'm sure you've read them all. And I mean, what, if anybody wants to do the, what was the one? Uh, oh, the one was Dale Carnegie and, and it was with Napoleon Hill. What was the name of the book? I can't remember. Something about fear and how you can get the book. Uh, you'll, find, you'll find it in your bookstore or a library. But it's so true because the outside fear only has negative things. And they could be friends. They could be family. They might mean, you know, they, they love you and they really want you to succeed. They don't want you to throw things away. But they're very much convinced. I don't say brainwashed, but we're told this is the way you've got to do it. And if you don't do it this way, whatever that way is in your family, in, in, in mm. your group or whatever, then you're, you can't succeed. Now, again, I'm, neither David or I are saying to go out and you know, forget that gravity exists, jump off the building, and which, guess what? Gravity exists. You're going to go down. You need to be, you know, I, I don't like the word realistic, but you need to be understanding of what your capabilities are doing. I'm not going to become a brain surgeon. I, don't know, I have no clue. I'm not going to do what David's doing. I don't have that. That soul knowledge. I don't have that something that's inside me to, to guide me that way. So when you're talking to people about multi, first of all, give me an idea of what exactly multi-unit franchising is. I understand what franchising, and I've got some other questions to add on to that, but what is that specifically? So, you know, fear is very empowering. And that empowerment let me to do something that I'd never done before, which is own our own business. So uh, I'm a multi-unit franchise owner. You know, when you do that self-assessment, you should be doing it all the time. You look at the skill set you have. I help people do that, right? You've built a skill set either as an engineer, operational, or as an executive, as a leader, a builder, teams, developer of people. You know, whatever those skill sets are, we find those and we figure out how to best apply those to a business opportunity for me. For me. A multi-unit franchisee owner is myself and a lot of the people that I work with. It's an opportunity where I can leverage my skills to work on a business, build teams, develop people, create a work environment, and lead people into owning multiple locations or multiple territories of a business. We have six locations of a franchise, four here in Nashville, one in Sarasota, one in Huntsville, Alabama. And the only way that I was able to be successful with that was to build a team and build the workflows and build the processes and create a work environment. My internet password is the happy place. Right? That's why I want everyone to feel consciously or subconsciously in the business. And so as you do that kind of stuff that you've already learned and apply it to running a business yourself, specifically in franchising, that multi-unit franchise opportunity for me is defined as having six different locations of the same franchise in three different locations. Okay. So yeah, that was the question I was going to ask you. So it's not like six different companies. It's one franchise and different locations. So you then guide the person and whatever their expertise is and whatever they see, because it is a very, I looked into it. I got those magazines. Here's a great question. Definitely want your point of view on this. So, you know, they have like the franchise magazines, right? And it's unbelievable how many franchises there are that I've never heard of. And, and I've traveled all over the country and the world, and so have you. And you're, they're, they're, you're know, like, what is the name? What is that place? I never heard of that, but <laughs> it's just in the South or something. And, and they all very similar. 
But what I have heard from a couple of people, I say a couple, because one person did franchise and, and another person did another, and I'm not going to name the place because they're not bad, but he said, you never have any free time. You, have, you, you, you can't go on vacation. You, 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 uh, you, you can't trust anybody. You're talking about teams because I want you to go more into this. You can't trust anybody by leaving there. And, and you know, then you got to hire people. And, oh, and, you know, you're not making as much money as you think you're so, you know. So those trepidations, those things, you, you, people read that stuff. I know I've read it. And it wasn't negative from the magazines, but it was saying be aware of the pitfalls. And it is a pitfall for everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have to give up something. But please, like, wipe that whole thing out. Is it? It is obviously not true that you have no time and no family and no life and you can't go on vacation if you have a multi-franchise operation. Is that true? It is true that you will have freedom and the lifestyle that you want. If you can't trust people and you can't develop people, then you're right. You're going to be sucked into the business the way you shouldn't be. And you probably got into the business for the wrong reasons. Ooh. What were you so, thinking then? No, go into that one before you go into the rest. What do you mean by the wrong reasons? So, you know, thinking about the business characteristics that drive a business, first of all, you're right. There are 4,000 plus franchises out there. I only work with the, the best 200, all right? And when you think of the characteristics, so I would say, okay, what are you really good at, Philip? Let's work. What part of the labor pool do you want to work with? How many hours do you want to invest? Do you want to go B2B? Do you want to go B2C? Do you like cutting new customers for customer acquisition? Or do you want recurring revenue? Are you okay with bricks and mortar? How's your balance sheet? Where's your comfort level investment? What are your growth plans? You know, what do you really want? What are your income expectations? How do you get there in three to five years? If you think it's going to happen in eight months, well, let's hang up the phone right now. You know, it's called work. You have to roll up your sleeves and flex your entrepreneurial muscles. Then once you do that, if you're applying your right skill, if you're an owner operator, great. You want to be in the day to day. No problem. We have those for you all day long. They're called essential services. They're wonderful businesses. You want to actually take a work on, manage the manager approach? Great. You have those too. But I would say to your friend or to anyone, do the self-assessment. Let me help you do the self-assessment. I don't care if you work with me or not. Let me help you walk through so you understand what you're getting into. Right. And, you know, there's definitely franchises out there that might take you down that rat hole. But, you know, you think of the things that why franchisees do not succeed, three reasons. Okay. One, you're undercapitalized. Okay. You make all the wrong decisions. You can't hire right. You can't advertise right. You can't build the facility right. You're chasing your tail rather than leading the business. Okay. Yep. You, you got to go and capitalize. Two, you got to follow the playbook. A franchise is a proven business system that you were awarded the opportunity to buy into. If you can't follow the playbook, then go home. Okay? So you need to follow the playbook. You, can out, you can't outthink it. Don't think what they've already thought out. Don't rethink what they've already thought out. Right. Run the playbook. Okay? Right. So that's number two. People, and they're just not running the playbook and they won't admit it because they're too proud of they got an ego. Right. The third one is you're just not a good business person. Right. Let's talk about that up front. Can you manage people? Can you empower people? Are you hands on, hands off? You know, what are you going to be as a business leader? Can you relate to the community? Can you relate to your customers? Can you relate to your employee? All right. If you can't do any of them that and just, you know, go take the W2 job and run the risk. 
And I encourage people to do that. You know, I have that honest conversation as a self-assessment to figure out what's right. Because I'm going to bring them three or four opportunities to investigate. I'm not quite eHarmony, but I get pretty close when I'm matching up people with things, right? And when I get to that point, because, you know, it's a process that people work through, you know, we'll walk through it. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't work for you, then let's stop right now. You're, you're the soul matching service. You match <laughs> what, what, what they were, what they, what's interesting to say. And it's kind of like, you know, as you go through different things in life, not all your friends or your family follow with you. That doesn't make them bad. It doesn't make them wrong. Right. It just right. doesn't follow with you. And people going, well, you know, I'm not really, don't really talk to them anymore. Well, what happened? We just, just don't talk anymore. It's not a big deal. But if you ran into them in the street, you probably have a cup of coffee and sit down and, and laugh about life. But everybody doesn't follow along. And, and the question is so important. When my wife and I sat down, we had a game plan, like I said. <clears throat> okay. I was already, it all spread to the industry because what I was doing, I was the senior tech. I was the only guy. Well, there's another guy I hired who was great. And when I left, he took the reins and he knew what he was doing probably better than me. And, but it, it, the whole thing is uh, I needed to consider going to another job and continuing what I'm doing and going X amount of years and then retire. Or I didn't know what. And then the first thing out of my wife's mouth is, you know, I was like, when I was frustrated, I came downstairs, played piano, played guitar. And she goes, what are you doing? And it was like, you know, now I call it God. Everybody can call it whatever you want. You call it a cup of coffee, call it Krishna, uh, Atman. But I believe those are God winks to me. And my wife going, you know, you, you love this thing. You've, you really don't talk about it anymore, but why don't you just go after it? I had no idea it was going to lead to a podcast with talking through a mic. I had no idea I was going to write a musical. I had no idea. Uh, you know, I'm going to be doing live speaking, talking about Ajinoy and the mindfully immersive communications and blah, 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 blah. I didn't know. But I knew that we sat down and said, okay, what do you want? How are we going to get some money? How are you going to get some money so you don't have to dip into our savings and our pension and our retirement and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'll do this. And over the past year, uh, over the first year or two, I was, I'm telling you, I got calls, not lots, but I got calls. And I'd walk, I'd, well, we were working before the pandemic from, from home anyway. And I'd run all the way upstairs to my wife and She's been in her job. She's an actuary. She's been there for 36 years. And she's like, I go, honey, I can tell you something. She goes, what? I go, somebody offered me a job. She goes, I don't want to hear about it. Go downstairs. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> go downstairs. Because it's, it's, the, it's in the mind. And the, and the mm. mind is, if you can be as safe as possible, is it in theory easier to be comfortable being uncomfortable in something you're familiar with? Of course it is. And if you want to do that, there's nothing wrong with it. But sitting down, then we sat down. So I did contract work for the first three and a half years. And then coincidentally, that contract work went away and, they, and, that, and then I went more into it and started finding my way and all this other stuff. But you have to have a plan. You have to, but that is one of the most difficult things to do is to sit down and go, okay, this is what I have. This is what I don't have. This is how I'm going to get there, how much money I want to make. That's a biggie. You know, you want to make $9 billion? Well, great. Then you're going to sacrifice a lot. If you want to make X amount, you're not going to see to me, for me, if you asked me, you asked me that question right now, I'd say, it's, this is what I want to make. And I'm not giving up my family and my friends. And this is the amount of hours I want to do. And that's the way I run this because the, the job I've had, even before I was at the manufacturing, I was always in field service or something with medical. The hours were crazy. Sometimes you work your butt off. Sometimes you weren't working your butt off, but it was good for me. And I was kind of my own boss. So I learned a lot of things on my own, the capabilities of doing them. When I got out of college, I mean, I'm going back audience a long time ago when we actually had to write an expense check, hand it into the company, get reimbursed, go to the bank, deposit the check and do it. <laughs> you had to keep track of stuff. So those little things, and again, I call them Godwinks, 
those led to my understanding of how to do things. I didn't know, but it really helped me in understanding what expenses are and being uncomfortable. Like I said, with the musical, been going on for a couple months. I'm putting out more money than what's coming in pertaining to what I'm thinking. I'm like, but, but the money and my, my wife and one of my best friends said, you didn't save the money and do that contract work to put it in a 401k. You need to spend the money. It'll come back. It will work because I always knew. So how do you tell somebody to be patient and to be calm and not because you can totally turn this into waking up three o'clock in the morning and freaking out all the time. How can you? How do you, as, as someone who's teach, you're teaching somebody, you're not coaching, you're kind of teaching people, uh, at least the way I view it. How do you teach somebody to be aware of these things that will come up possibly in your mind and to be, trust yourself and, and, and then consider you because you're, they're, they're paying you to help you? You know, it's, I always ask people, are you going to be okay waking up, up unemployed every day? <laughs> that's, oh, that's, that's what a- I'm doing. That's I wake up unemployed every day. And if you're not scared of that, then let's talk about what we do if you're unemployed every day. What do you do? Well, you create a plan. You think about where you're going to get your next paycheck, how you're going to feed your family, where you want to build, what you want to do with your time. If you bury yourself in recruiting all day, 24-7, you're not going to be a balanced person. You still need to play tennis. You need to be, play pickle. You need to spend time with your family. So. You know, life is, I believe in the universe and things we're talking about, but you know, you need to have a plan. Yeah. So it's real simple. You know, you did it in business for however many years in W2 world, whether you were submitting a budget or submitting a production schedule or submitting whatever, you ran a plan and you probably did it every September, October, every year so you could roll out the future year. All right. Nothing's changed. Let's talk about what your plan is. What are you going to do? What's the timing of events that we're talking about? You know, if it's going to take 120 days to get a service business up and running, or it's going to take eight to 12 months to get a bricks and mortar facility based business up and running, what's your plan between now and then? What's your runway? How do you get there? Okay. I'll show you the onboarding schedule. I'll show you, you know, I'm, I did it. You know, my easy explanation is I'll help you because I was that corporate guy. All right. I became an entrepreneur. I own multi-unit franchises, and now I'm just going to share my decades of experience with you and coach you through the process. You can, you know, what I say and a nickel is worth a cup of coffee until you really, you know, we sit down and talk about it. And if you can follow the plan and you can work through the process, you'll leave with a process that if you have a spouse or partner, they'll be bought into. Right. If you have a financing company, they'll be supportive of, you'll have funding. You'll understand what your business plan looked like for the first 18 months and then on an ongoing year. And you'll understand your roles and your responsibilities in building that and the franchisor's role and responsibility helping you do that. The wonderful thing about having that plan, and that's kind of like a W-2 job, when you enter in the franchising space versus the entrepreneurial world, you're not on an island by yourself, right? You have that playbook. You have all these franchisees that surround you, whether it's a Facebook group, a personal phone call, a text group, and then you have the franchisor. You know, they live on royalties, so your success is their success. And your franchisees are there to, well, I really screwed up this or this really worked for me. You know, let's just talk real simple language here. I want to do the same thing you're doing, Mr. Successful Franchisee. How'd you get there? They'll share right. it with you. Right. And then, you know, if you're smart enough, 
to steal successful ideas and go implement them yourself or create your own and share them, you know, the universe rewards that, right? Yes, absolutely. If you, if you give, you get. Yes. If you take, you get you nothing. Get, you get what you deserve. Yes. Nothing. Right, right. <laughs> or whatever you took. Go have right. a party with it because you're not That's getting it. anymore. No, no. It, it's, uh, it, I mean, that, that's written all over the place in anything you you read, spiritually or uh, within whatever, whatever you believe in. We, you give more of yourself than what's expected. Isn't that what the, uh, um, Napoleon yes. Hill talks about uh, and several other people that write? Um, it, it's, it, it's, uh, it's always, I always came in with the idea, I'm, I'm going to mess up this phrase, but it's almost like you want to do something so much you do it for free, but you're so good at it, somebody will pay you for it. Uh, but it's you need to be understanding that I I'm on an island. I don't have a franchise. Of course, after this right. conversation, who knows? But I I'm on an island because this is my chosen the way I'm going to do it. So I I'm not making cookies. I didn't come up with a new shirt. So that's easier in theory. It's easier because that's a known entity. Something I can sell the microphone I'm speaking. I can sell the pencil I'm speaking. I can't. I'm I'm signing something in the mind. I've written a musical. I I've, I'm doing all. It, it, it's more, I don't want to say esoteric, but it's more a little bit um, not physical to do. Now, I'm not complaining about it. I'm not complaining, but it might take a little bit more time. And understanding that, you know, when you work for the W-2, sometimes you're working from paycheck to paycheck. I mean, most people do, right? And we, we know, I mean, this has been going on for decades. They talk about this, that nobody has money to fix their conditioning. This has been going on for decades. This is nothing new. Right. But the whole idea is picking that stress level. And it's like, um, uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer uh, always said that stress is not something that falls out of the sky. It's something, and it's not in the job. It's what you decide is going to be stressful. It's, it's not something, it's, you just make it up. So if you're stressed out about having that W-2, but you're living from paycheck to paycheck, or you're stressed out about the W-2, and you're just baking a decent living, you maybe save a little away, but you're, you're really not moving very far ahead, which most people don't, um, this is a good opportunity from my point of view to talk to Dave and say, okay, what you're, you're basically trading one for the other. Yes, you understand that well, you know, you're not going to have that regular job, but if you're kind of already there, it's almost a matchup. Uh, and especially if you have an idea and you're good at something with communication or manufacturing or banking, whatever that is with you, you can make, because correct me if I'm wrong, the formula's the same, it's just applied differently. Among all franchises? Yes. It's a playbook. It's a proven business concept. Now, I'd say they're not all created equal, right? And your balance sheet and liquidity is going to determine really what you can qualify for. And, you know, there's something for everyone. Mainly, I work with transitioning executives that have nice balance sheets and liquidity. They'll either run parallel paths or they'll hop off and go cold turkey, depending where they are in transitions. I left at 51 because ageism is real in the corporate world. So, at 55, even if I found a job at 51, where would I go when I was 55? Nowhere. So that's why I left out it when I was, when I was uh, 50, 51. And, and, you know, when I said all franchises aren't created equal, if you think you're going to make money with cookies, just think about it for a second, right? I don't do food, right? I have one or two that might. But tough labor pool, love them, tough labor pool, you know, moving parts and very skinny margins. Why make money a milkshake at a time or a cookie at a time when you can think of $1,000 jobs at a time? 
or recurring revenue businesses built on memberships that everyone pays for every month. So, you know, take you into the space of really, or where do you want to be? So think about it. Self-care, wellness, mental, physical health. It's Huge. exploded. Huge. Right? Huge. Yeah. Guess what? We have some, you know, does anyone know about metabolic health? Well, I do. I have a wonderful franchise in that space. So I love the beauty and wellness space, recurring revenue. Bricks and mortar tends to be there. You know, I love essential services, everything around your home, whether it's your, your dog waste, whether it's your roof, your gutters, your plumbing, your heating, your cooling, commercial, residential properties, parking lots. It all is required, right? right? And then you get into senior care. What a great space. Or even into pet care. It's unbelievable how many people have pets these days. Yes. I, I, well, yeah, there's so many people. Everybody's walking their dog. Sorry, I'm walking my dog when it's snowing outside and it's 40 below zero, but that's a whole other story. But yeah, it's, it, it, the, the pet care industry, it's funny because when you look at the ads, it, organic pet food, the dog drinks from the toilet, but that's okay. <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm thirsty. The dog doesn't know, but you know, it's, it's an, the ads are for the humans to make them feel better. And if you're, you know, I, I grew up with pets. We don't have any now, but I grew up with pets and, and we had kids. We didn't have them, but it's no big deal. We didn't, we didn't want it, but my brother always has, and you get attached to them and they are part of the family and it is huge. And, and you're talking about the, what we call it the well-being now or the mindfulness that they're using with the world, the word right now. And it's not a coincidence that what I'm doing and I'm talking about, and even the musical has to do with Ajinoi musical philosophy, is getting in touch with who you are. And it's a spiritual thing. And it's important because people are looking for that. And to be able to connect people, I'm doing it at the health club here. It's attached to Good Samaritan Hospital. I do it at the Good Sam, Good Sam Health Club. And, and I did my first meditation class last week. And I had a lot of people there. I mean, on average, you know, there's probably like six to 12. There was like close to 30 people because people, and, and, and you know, it tapers off. This is the way the world works. You know, they get really excited and then, you know, after people show up. That's not my point. There's people are looking for something to guide them a little bit more other than the noise from the outside. You know, and, and, I, and I love the way you've talked about being in a multi-franchise and just the franchise business alone, because it makes it very clear to me, and I, and I hope the audience is getting this, that David's not saying you're giving up anything. You're not giving up anything. If you're simply making it, and you're maybe saving a little money, which, which most people are not knocking it. This, if that's fine, but this gives you more of a, t- a challenge. What I've noticed being on my own is I'm not on the island anymore. Now I have somebody I'm working in with Hollywood. It's starting to grow. Once you kick that door open, you got to keep it open. Whether it's what I'm doing or what a multi franchise is, because then you go to David and say, "Hey, David, I got this. Thank you for doing this." Five years later, like this is when I want to do another one. What else can I do? What can I partner with you on? And I, I think the, the what I don't think, I know, is when you open the door, you kick the door open and you figure out where you want to go and you're talking to someone like David and it, it just opens so many other things that are going, I didn't know that. I didn't think about that. I didn't see that. And maybe your wife or partner decides, you know what? I'm going to do one on my own. You're going it and I'm, I want to do one myself. You don't know. You, you, and then you meet people. That's another thing surrounding yourself you're talking about facebook groups and people that you know and you meet right. so many people like right. like minded how right. important is that to be unbelievably to be, important go into it please so you know well in building my franchises the work environment 
the shadow you cast is so incredibly important, right? If you don't cast a shadow of optimism and, you know, what are you doing? You're just bringing everything down. So, you know, you can't, you got to really think through how you cast a shadow, either with the people around you or the shadows that you want to play in. You know, after I stabilized all our franchises and started the Empowered Franchisee, about the second year into it, they said, you know, honey, I am just not going to hang around any negative people anymore. Cut them out of my life. Then the, the end of that year, I said, you know, somebody, I got to start firing customers. She goes, why? And she goes, because they're just bringing me down. You know, I, I, <laughs> I don't need to work with them. I don't have to work with them. So you really need to think about the people that you surround yourself with and what kind of energy you want to pull out of that. And the word energy is so powerful because do you want to work around positive energy or negative energy? That's simple, you know? So, you know, whether you you do a sports analogy or, you know, I'm a total Swifty. I, I love her and she's done incredible things and you think about all her talents and her teams and how her creative group has helped her. You know, singer writer and songwriters don't do it independently. There's someone working together with you here in Nashville, right? So, you know, and you're not going to join up with someone that's bringing you down because uh, that song's not going to sell. Right. right. <laughs> you like um, it, but nobody else wants to hear it. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Go ahead and write it. Get it off your mind and go stick it in a vault somewhere. Right. <laughs> I love positive people. I think it's really important. And I think it's really important for you to throw off positive energy. You summed it up perfectly. And that's a lot to do with uh, positive and negative minds. Negative minds, the conscious mind, positive mind, mm-hmm. subconscious mind, imaginational mind, universal mind, spirits and angels, uh, coincidence, serendipities, accident, discovery, waking, transformation, uh, and release your agenoi, giving you an image in your mind. You know, all these different little techniques, all these mindful imaging techniques, immersive techniques. But it's really, you're, you're so. You're so right because, okay, so when I did the musical, I, I, I played the guitar, piano, bass, and drums. The rest are synthesized, but I am, it's big, really good, right? I'm thinking, oh, this is good, but I have, I'm having a little feedback here and there. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll put that on the side and see where that works. Well, I tried to force it. I tried to find people that would, that would fund me. And then one of my best friends, Leanne, said, well, if you get a million bucks, do you know any producers, directors, choreographers? She went down this like, oh, no, no, no. She goes, you're going down the wrong road. She's been in her own business for like 40 years. She goes, go down another road. Talk about that Ajanoi thing. I'm like, okay, fine. And when I let it sit there and I kind of brewed and I met this local person here, her name is Cindy, and she loved it and blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly it just, hey, by the way, somebody's interested in Hollywood. I'm like, what? You know, and, but you're, you're, I'm surrounding, I'd rather have one person that's positive in my life than a hundred people with a noose around my deck saying you're a loser and you're a moron and you're stupid. Was the thing, you know, what they did, did some study because I, I'm sure you read a lot of these positivity books and I said, if you have like one person telling you're a loser, you've got nothing, you shouldn't be doing this, you're too old. You need like 10 or 20 people to go, you know, wipe that negative thought out because you know, when that negative thought comes into your mind, where it goes, it goes into your physical being. And then in the middle of the night, you're waking up going, Maybe I made the wrong decision. Maybe the, you know, you're, because you're, you're basing, you're like ping pong balls or basing it on somebody else's information because they're, they're like, they don't want to take a risk. And they might be nice people. They might be loved ones, but that doesn't mean you have to have them around you all the time. So getting, and it's already interesting that you say that because there's been some more interest in, in this podcast show with different things. And I get, I'm get to choose. 
I'm not going to have somebody, if somebody wants to do something on the show that's negative, I don't want to talk about negative things. I don't want somebody to, to do something to sponsor an episode or do something with me or collaborate. That's a huge thing. It's something I definitely want to talk about right now. Collaboration is the key to anything in life, whether it's your wife, your partner, your husband, your friends, everything, whether it's franchise, it's musical. Because I'm doing this thing, I'm like, I don't, those that claim to be the wise men are sure they're full. I don't know everything. I don't want to know everything. I'm not a writer. I'm a creator and I can play music and I come up with imaginational great ideas and but, but I can't write a script that somebody else is doing that. And the other person in Hollywood, she's going, do it this way. Okay, fine. They have a format, just like in this with the, with the, with the uh, multi-unit franchise. They have a playbook that you said. They have, everybody's got to put, when I was an engineer in the medical field, if you do from A to Z and skip J, the tube doesn't work. I worked in, on the x-ray side. You've got to follow all of them. Don't sit there at the beginning. You said, don't question this. You know, I, I could sit there and going, well, that's kind of, that's really ridiculous. Why do we need to do it? Well, that's the way they do it. So if you fight against it, you're not going to get anywhere. You know, there, there's somebody that uh, the person I'm working with here locally, you know, and then somebody else is mentioning that, that she introduced me to said that they're very reluctant to do anything change. I, I got this creation. I want this to be a, a, a book or whatever they're going to do, but I refuse to listen to David. David says, well, you know, that's Phil, that's a great idea, but you're going to have to do X, Y, and Z. And to say, nope, not budget. Well, thank you for doing business with me. I appreciate the conversation, <laughs> but, you know, with that Swifty right. thing, we're going to put it in the vault. Right. No, nobody's going to listen to it. So right. you have to be open to it. So can you go a little bit further? Can you give any examples of how that really works or maybe something that happened in your life that you realized that, because once you collaborate, you also realize something in yourself that you didn't know. Well, you know, it's, you know, I, I have a lot of things that I think about and I've learned. I know if you're a leader of the organization and you believe you know more than the organization, you're doomed, right? The power and knowledge is in your organization. So how is you, as a leader, draw it out and put it to work? And, you know, there are things that my grandfather taught me about, do you want to be a hunter or, or hunted? Do you want to you know, reach for the stars to keep your feet on the ground, all those things he taught me. He was an entrepreneur. You know, the empowered franchisee is me. I want you to be one, but it says underneath that helping people realize their dreams. So when I really start to talk to people, you know, I dig down, what's your why? Why are we here? Why are they doing, why are you doing this? And after some painful kind of self-reflections, we might get to that. And I'm saying, okay, well, where are we going to be when we're drinking coffee three to five years from now? What do you want? Where do you want to be? And, you know, whether it's purpose, whether it's vision, whether it's a dream, you know, those things are inside of people and pulling those things in out and realizing that, you know, we may have an opportunity to help you realize your dream if you clearly understand what they are. Do they have to be cast in stone? No. Great tactics make up great strategy, great strategies run by great tactics, but the worst strategy is, is the one that you don't change, right? You need to evolve this. You need to work through it. So let's understand your why. Is it more time? Is it more freedom? Is it more flexibility? Is it more money? Is it a legacy play with your kids? Okay, where do you want to be in three to five years, right? You want to replace that corporate income of three to $500,000 with free cash flows and be working 10 to 15 hours a week? Okay, we can do that. But if you don't realize what your dream is or what your vision is or what the purpose you're prescribing to, you're never going to get there, right? Because you're not going to have a plan 
a multi-unit franchisee is that plan, right? One location, one territory of a business produces X. It's real simple math. How many of those do you want? Right. <laughs> and okay, so you want to do four? If you have the balance sheet to do it, great. If you don't, let's bring it back a bit. All right. If you need to turn to a more efficient investment, let's do that. But let's figure out where you want to go. And then we figure out how we get there in the process. So, you know, I, I kind of gave you a little thoughts of what I do when I help people think through this. And it only takes us 90 minutes to do this. It's not really. Far. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my process. You know, in 15 minutes, we'll figure out whether it makes sense to work together. Just set up a 15 minute call on my uh, on my calendar. And if it makes sense to work together, you know, in 90 minutes, we'll get through all this stuff and define what you're looking for in your next business investment and what freedom really means to you and what you want out of that. Yeah, go into the show notes. They'll be there. The Empowered Franchise, I'm reading what he has. He stated what, what, the, what the phrase is, helping people realize their dreams. Whatever that dream is, there's no wrong or right. And what I like about it is when you talk to people, you just it's, it's like a lawyer. You're going to a lawyer. You're not paying for the first 20, 15, 20 minutes. You got to find out if, if, if there's a collaboration here, if you work together. Maybe you don't like each other. Maybe you don't like the way the person talks. Maybe you're the, as the, as the, maybe David doesn't like me. You know, you got to mm -hmm. have, you got to, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You just need to, to figure out how, how that is and what that is. I'm finding that doing this with the musical is, I don't say, I, I, I won't let the negativity in my consciousness. It, I just, I'm these two people I'm working with. Uh, and I was like, at the end of the conversation, I basically haven't said very much. And I go, great. What's my homework? Phil, I want you to do this, this, and this. Now, hey, I'm an engineer. You tell me to do it. I'll get it done in five minutes. Already halfway done before I get off the call. But I know my limitations, right? right. So I, I know what I can or can't do. So, but everybody is, especially person here, Cindy, she knows exactly what I can or can't do. And she's so gifted and talented. And so is the other person in Hollywood. They're gifted and talented. But the one in Hollywood... More than anything, she goes, it's great. I love your material, but I really am into what you're talking about with the mind and the spirituality. You got to have that collateral. You don't, yo, yo, it's somebody in Hollywood, big deal. But if you're not, if you don't, if it doesn't match, it's like Swifty having a bad song and coming out with a bad song going, well, it means something to me, but everybody else thinks it's terrible. Put it in the vault somewhere. So right. do I, is every song I've written going to be in the, no. Is somebody going to come down the road in the next, because I have a three to five year goal. And, and, and I come down the road going, Phil, we don't want half these songs. We want half these for you. And we, this other guy, we want him to write this, or maybe you collaborate. Is that okay with you? I'm going to say, no, 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 no. I want it all on my own. Like a three-year-old. No. And what am I going to learn from that? What am I going to, I'm going to learn incredible amounts of collaborating with, with the writer or a composer that does something different. I don't write notes. I haven't written a note since I was 18 years old. I can't notate. George Harrison, one of my favorite uh, musicians in the world, couldn't run, write a single note. It doesn't mean that you're bad or good. It just, you got to know what your capabilities are. And when you sit down with David, he'll do that. And, and, and you talk to people. I've had people after my seminars, you know, they ask me, well, what do you do? Do you do this or do that? And I'm honest. I'm saying, you know, no, I, I'm sorry. I won't do that. Um, but I'm going to do these things. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's, it's like, I would, again, I, I don't want to go out there for me for my business, for myself, I want to do it with integrity. And if somebody comes up to me someday and that'll happen, somebody go, I want you to write this music or do this for this thing. And I'm looking, I'm like, this is to this or that. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't care what you're offering. 
I'm not going to do it for money. I'm not doing it for that reason. If it's already money out there, somebody else is going to make me an offer that's going to be interesting to me because I know what my limitations are. I know what's acceptable. As you said, you want to fire that customer because they're going to David going, hey, you're an a-hole. Why don't you do this? You're stupid. Why? I'm like, you're done. And you do it in a nice way. You do it in a, there's a I'm Jewish. You do it in something called being a mensch. You, you do it in a way that's nice, that's not in, in, insulting to somebody. So you did the personal stuff with the myth. You did all the negativity and the positivity. I'm going all my, all my questions. I didn't even look at my questions, and we did it anyway. Before we end the show, I always ask the guests to, to come back with a positive aphorism. You've left a lot of good nuggets. But what's something that you can leave with them other than go check it out? It's not going to cost nothing to get on the phone with him and see what you can learn. Because maybe there's somebody listening right now going, you know what? I got laid off or the, this or that and this, blah, blah, blah. You can blame the economy all you want. There's lots of opportunities. And I always remember um, during the Depression, not everybody went broke. <laughs> people opened business like JCPenney and Woolworth. People became multimillionaires. There's always opportunities, whether it's a good or bad. It's always something going. It's always the swing of the, always an arcing economy. It, don't do it that way. Do it what makes you happy. So what's a good positive aphorism you can leave with the audience? If you do nothing, you're going to end up with nothing. So not, let's not think that way. Let's think about doing something. And what is that something? That something is going to lead you somewhere, whether it's a direction in faith or whether it's a reconnection with family or if it's a reflection in the mirror to re- understand yours. Let's talk about doing something. You know, what I do, not everyone follows my path, and that's completely fine. But working together, you know, I, I always say, you know, positive, let's think of a positive outcome. There's a yes and no. The no is not a negative. The no is like, okay, Dave, I think I'm going to go take a job. That's your destiny. I feel good about you getting there. Hopefully, I made a friend and get a referral. But if we <laughs> do, do, do take you down the process, you know, I think you're going to create a lot of energy. I believe that uh, activity breeds activity. And when you're creating activity, there's an innate energy that comes along with it. Every single one of my candidates that starts working through the process, whether they decide to do something or not, opportunities start emerging. Why? Because you've changed your mindset. I believe the universe, you've started to put a trajectory into the universe and you're getting a tailwind because those things are supporting you. And you know something? By the time we're done, whether you do some or not again, you're going to have opportunities. You're going to have energy. Now, one of my mentors always said, hope is not a strategy, right? In the business world, sure, hope is not a strategy. I get it, especially when you're staring into a spreadsheet. But you know something? Hope can be something that is profoundly energizing, right? Because you leave the world of despair when you have hope. And when you start thinking of the opportunities that are ahead of you and the things that you can do for yourself rather than relying on someone else, that hope, that energy, the universe keeps pushing you in a direction where you're going to make something of yourself that you weren't today or yesterday. It's going to bring you something good. So Thank I don't know you. if that's positive enough for you, but that's how I feel. Oh, no, every day. that's perfect. And one of the things I can add on to hope, when you got hope, it gives you options and you just open that complete, that door opened you know what's going on with me whether it's the musical whether my life speaking or the podcast show it gives you options when you're out there when you're sharing energy whether it's through the electronics or in person is my everybody's best it's it, you can't right. replace live stuff 
but just that hope gives you options. And when you open that door, just a just a crack. And yeah, I was I was saying, you know, I'm putting my door, my foot in the door. It ain't. It cold, I got my steel-toed shoes on. It's not going through my shoe. I'm keeping that right. door open, and I'll right. wait for that opportunity to happen. But if you keep not pushing, but if you just keep open-minded and say, Phil, da 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 da, Dave, da 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 da, whatever, fill in the blank, whatever it is. I call it God wings. Just look at those in a way that they are little God wings, little soul movements, little little processes that sing. You know, like God's saying, do this, and if you ignore it. You go back to the old thing and you're miserable. You've got nothing to lose by making a phone call and talking to Dave. You've got nothing to lose by just opening your mind to something different because you could open something, whatever that goal is for you, that's something you didn't know to begin with. Uh, Dave, I want to thank you very much for being on the show. It's been a fantastic conversation. Same to you, Philip. Really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. And remember, it is more important to express your thinking thoughts. So that's what we've been talking about, not the noisy. The noise is the thought you are thinking. Blah, 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 blah. Don't be the fear. Don't be the fear. That is what is called conscious communication. That's what we've been talking about. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Conscious Communication. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You can also get more great information at ConsciousCommunicationPodcast.com.